What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Slab Talk. I'm your host, Amil Sarfani, and this is my sports card show. I appreciate you tuning in. Today's episode is going to be a reflections episode on the sports card market as a whole with the context of the Dallas Card Show. I wanted to come on here, share some observations and takeaways from the show this past weekend, uh, talk about a couple of the cards that I picked up uh, at the show, but also talk about the sports card market as a whole. I'm getting a ton of questions about what's going on right now. I've been thinking about it a lot. So today's episode is kind of is going to be focused on that sort of idea of what's going on in the sports card market uh, and how to navigate it at this very, very moment. Um, before we get into the show, uh, I'd love for you to give me a follow on Instagram at the Slap Talk. If you're following me on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell icon so you can get notified for future episodes. And if you are uh, interested in uh, some of the cards that we're going to be talking about on this episode and how they I actually pick them up, you can go to the YouTube. The last two episodes are vlog style episodes where you get to actually hear about the real stuff, the the how I actually picked up those cards, how much I paid for them, how those negotiations went. I think those are really fun episodes. So take a look at those as well. And if you are listening on the podcast, uh, I appreciate it. Please give me a rating, rating and a review. Uh, that helps tremendously help grow the platforms. So thanks again. I really appreciate you tuning in today. Let's get into it. First, we're going to start by talking about the Dallas Card Show. I had an amazing time at the show itself. Uh, and what I took away from the show, the main point, the main takeaway that I took away is that I don't measure the health of the market necessarily and what the prices are going for at any particular point in time, but rather what the energy is like, how many people are getting into the market. And this weekend at the Dallas Card Show, one thing was clear to me, the hobby is healthy. There are a lot of people joining the hobby uh, and the energy uh, and the attendance at the show was insane. So in terms of health of the hobby, that's how I like to measure it because that's where I think we want to focus on growing the bot here. We want to get our friends and our family into the hobby itself. And uh, I definitely felt that. I had a lot of really great conversations um, from people who are just getting into the hobby, dads who are trying to teach their kids how to uh, how to look at this stuff, a, a kind of a, a lesson in supply and demand as well. Uh, so I think there's a lot of benefits to the hobby. And it was clear that uh, the energy was there. The people were there. Uh, and that's what I really want to reiterate here right at the top of the show is that um, with more people in the hobby, that's a good sign. That means the hobby is growing. And that's what we want to see. Re regardless of what's happening in that moment from a deal-making aspect, um, that's the most important piece of it for me. Uh, and that was really fun. And I want to thank all the people that I got to meet uh, this weekend and continue to develop those relationships because that's honestly the best part of the hobby is meeting new people, meeting the people who really you know, dive into weird. I was sitting at the bar uh, at the hotel lobby watching the Miami Heat Bucks game on Saturday, and I got into this awesome conversation with this guy who only collects, he's a data scientist. That's his trade, that's what he does as a profession. And so the cards he collects are only of players who have like these crazy statistical anomalies. And that's who he collects, especially baseball, which is very kind of data heavy, analytical heavy. And it was a, a reminder to me that there are so many people in the hobby that collect in different ways and in unique ways and ways that make them happy. And I also need to continue to pursue that side of 
uh, my kind of hobby passion is finding what I truly, truly love about the hobby. That's going to make this thing a lifelong hobby and a lifelong activity rather than something that I'm just focused on for a few years or a short term thing. I do really love this and meeting all the people that were there. Uh, so much fun. And for all the content creators that I've been connecting with, um, on Instagram, I got to meet a lot of them and go to dinner, uh, on Friday night at Rudy's. That was a lot of fun. So thanks for, for the invite there. And for all the people that I got to meet, uh, really nice meeting you. And again, that's the best part of the hobby. Now let's talk about the Dallas card show from a deal-making aspect, because I do pay attention to that vibe as well. Uh, and, and especially relative to the last Dallas card show, there was less deal-making at this show. That's just the truth. Uh, I think that with the uncertainty that kind of lies in the market right now, as we're watching what's happening in the, especially in the basketball card market where I exclusively trade in right now. Um, it makes a lot of sense that there was a lot less deal making from that perspective. Uh, and that specifically applies to like higher population cards. Uh, but I think what's more important is to kind of take, uh, into account what my feeling was for the higher population cards, the rarer stuff that I think was available at the show. Uh, one thing I will take away, kind of a positive that I'll take away from the fact that there was less deal making, is that sellers were not looking to do huge discounts on higher population or lower population stuff, the rarer cards that they believe in as well. There was not a lot of room on those types of cards. And that's actually a really good sign. We want to see our dealers at these card shows holding tight for cards they believe in, especially in a down market. That is a good sign. Uh, if you, if I went to the show and I saw even the rare stuff being sold at like 60% of comps, uh, I would say there's a lot of like panic selling going on, but that's not the feeling I got, which is what gives me confidence for the market going forward as well Is that I think that we're just sitting in this kind of lull. We're sitting in this down market right now and that's okay. Uh, I think that was the risk of investing in higher population cards to begin with. Uh, and I have exposure to that stuff as well. So, uh, I understand the fear. I understand the uncertainty, but I will say the rarer, the lower population cards. Uh, it was good to see that those cards were not being traded at huge discounts uh, and sellers were looking to kind of hold tight on that stuff as well. Myself included for the low pop stuff that I brought with me to the card show, I wasn't necessarily looking to move all that stuff at huge discounts um, unless I was getting into a card that I really, really wanted. Um, but uh, that's definitely what was happening at the card show. Um, and because of that, trades were a little bit harder to do, uh, as well, because I wasn't getting the value that I wanted on my cards when I was trying to go get a little bit of a less value for the cards that I wanted as well. And so, um, that was the vibe that I got, uh, at the Dallas card show. Now I did get a couple deals done that I'm really excited about. They were both cash deals. I felt like I was getting good deals if I was able to give cash. And so, um, I did that instead of trading up, which normally at these shows, I'm willing to kind of use this time to trade up, to consolidate some of the cards I have to get into bigger cards. Uh, not exactly how the show went necessarily, but that's okay. That that happens, uh, and that's what this show is like. And each show is a little bit different, especially when uh, you take into account the timing of the market. The two cards that I was able to pick up this uh, this uh, show, one of which I came in really strong, wanting to add to my Steph Curry collection. After watching him this season, I was really excited to come in and add to that collection. 
Admittedly, I was really confident. And if you go back and watch the day one vlog from the Dallas Card Show YouTube show that I just did, um, you'll see how confident I was that the Golden State Warriors were not only going to beat the Grizzlies in the play-in tournament, but they were also going to have a chance against the Jazz in the first round, especially with Donovan Mitchell injured. So I was really excited about that. I thought there was going to be an opportunity to kind of take a little bet on Steph and see what happens uh, for the rest of the weekend. That's not how it went at all. Uh, and really fell f- flat on my face when it came to that prediction specifically. But again, Steph Curry is one of those guys that I'm okay collecting long-term. It's a guy that I want to hold long-term. And the beauty of Steph is that not only is he super collectible, not only are there a lot of fans of Steph, including myself, um, his rookie card options are, are fairly limited. So from an investment standpoint, it offers a really nice safe harbor for money, but also nice upside uh, as Steph continues to build on this legendary career he's already having. Uh, And it's clear that he's got a lot left in the tank. So I'm excited for them next year. Uh, This is the card that I picked up. It's the 2009 Steph Curry Bowman 48 in a PSA 10. Uh, Again, super excited about this card. It's a pop 116. uh, And uh, that's a long-term play for me as the Steph, as the Golden State Warriors come back next year with Clay and hopefully adding some more pieces around Clay, Draymond, and Steph. Uh, they'll have Wiseman back and maybe they can package some stuff together uh, and go add another piece to that team to be a real to be real contenders. And if Steph plays at the level he's playing at, I don't think that's going to be out of the question at all. They're they're going to be right back into the mix of things. Um, so that was my first card pickup uh, that I really enjoyed picking up. The second card that I picked up was the. 2019 Panini one and one timeless moments, uh, Damian Lillard autographed out of 25. Uh, this is a really fun card that I had been looking at for some time. The reason I love this card and it's out of 25, it's, it's signed by Damian Lillard on card auto. Uh, one of the reasons I love this card is in terms of my long-term vision for how I'm going to build out my PC, my focus is on cards that I think will be art pieces because I do believe in that idea on the sports card market that there are certain cards that will be, you know, important as rookie cards, important from a sports card standpoint. And then I think there are going to be cards that are really, really important uh, just as art pieces, as pieces that when friends and family who don't actually uh, engage with the hobby itself, but are sports fans are going to be able to take a look at it and say, holy shit, that's a nice card. That's cool. I remember that moment. I That image invokes a lot of positive uh, vibes as I look at it. Those are a lot of the cards that I'm going after uh, for my long-term collection. And that Damian Lillard card is absolutely one of them. It's the shot over Paul George uh, to put the thunder away in game seven series buzzer beater. I mean, such an insane moment. When I saw this card, I knew I had to have it. Uh, and and again, if you want to go take a look at how those negotiations went down, go take a look at the YouTube channel and see the last couple episodes. Uh, great cards that picked up. I'm really happy to add those to my collection. Um, and that's what the card show was a, was about for me. Those are the only two cards, cards I picked up, but they're long-term ads. Um, as I continue to navigate how I like to engage with the the hobby myself. Now, let's get into kind of my observations and thoughts about the sports card market as a whole. And I've been thinking a lot about this and I've got a lot of thoughts when it comes to uh, where we are in the current market. And I want to just ease some of your, your minds. I'm getting a lot of kind of questions about Oh my God, what's happening in the car market? I want to sell and get out. And, and, and just there are a lot, a lot of fear. 
And I want to come on here and say the reason I feel like we're feeling that right now and what I'm feeling, the the what's going on in the market right now is that people are card rich and cash poor. I feel that a lot of people have kind of overextended themselves in the card market trying to make short-term gains or profits or whatever it may be. So the first thing I want to say on the show about the sports card market as a whole and where we all need to be kind of trying a little bit harder is to have patience. It's got to be at the forefront of what we're doing right now. And it's something that I continually remind myself of because it's hard. It's hard when you're seeing card prices go up the way they go up. Sometimes it's hard not to say, I want to put everything into the basket right this second, because I think it's going to go up three times in the next six months. And I want to be on that train. And that's okay. And there are cards that are going to do that over the next six months, but it's super important to continually remind yourself to be patient, uh, to not overextend yourself when it comes to, from a cash standpoint, have, have cash, you know, have that safety fund. It's really important to have your six months of, oh shit fund, just from a general, uh, you know, financial health standpoint, before you put a ton of money into cards, please make sure you have got your like cash that is going to support you in, in in times where you really need it or times uh, in which you go through struggles that will happen in life and, and nothing in life happens quickly or fast. And, and especially from a financial standpoint, having that patience, building this uh, card collection that you're building right now over a long term period and rather than trying to flip cards. And I, look, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. I'm sitting here saying these all these same things, not to necessarily tell you, but to also tell myself, like, I have to remind myself of these things. And so I think that as a community, we got to talk about it uh, and it's okay to admit because really at the end of the day, it's okay if you've overextended yourself. It's okay if you've come in with it and with the short-term mindset, but it's important to admit it to yourself and say, okay, these are the changes I'm going to make. These are the adjustments I'm going to make because if I do make these adjustments, I give myself the opportunity to have long-term success in the hobby rather than a short-term flame out. And that's what we're trying to avoid here. That's how the card market goes up like crazy, crazy fast, and then comes down really, really fast. The other piece of this I want to remind everyone, and again, remind myself, is that although we're sitting in a time in which prices are coming down, don't forget how quickly prices went up. It's got to be something we all remind ourselves of is, yes, we're sitting at a time where car prices are falling to sometimes half of their value off of the peak that happened back in February and back in August and things like that, but that's okay. We saw car prices four to five X over the last year. And now that they're coming down a hundred percent, we're all kind of freaking out a little bit and admittedly so, but don't forget that zoom out, take a couple steps back. Don't forget how much car prices went up. And if you got in, in the last year or six months, again, be patient. The first six months I was in the card market, my portfolio also looked pretty bad at times. There were times where I felt like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is too much money to be playing with and it's not looking good. But again, things don't happen overnight. Cards that you believe in um, are, are going to blow up over time. And you have to make sure that if you stop believing in certain cards, go ahead and sell it. It's okay. Get out of it. Recoup your losses and reinvest elsewhere. You will make mistakes in the first six months to a year that you're in the card market. I did too, but the mentality that I adopted was 
Go ahead and sell stuff that you don't believe in anymore. It's okay. Whatever the price is, even if you're losing money on it, it's okay. Just take it and go and reinvest into cards that you believe in. That's happening all over the place. Uh, and I, and I, I believe that's okay. That's where uh, adjustments need to be made in the card hobby. Uh, and for people who are just getting in, keep that in mind. The other actionable item that I will give you here that I think that I'm working on a lot right now as well is, especially in down moments, don't look at card prices as much. What I feel like is happening right now is that a lot of people are going to the exact same cards that they either own or look at on a daily basis and are just looking at those cards and are just looking at those prices all day, every day. And that's the easiest way to allow fear to really set in and feel like the card market is crashing. That is the number one way to do it is just to continually look at the same cards, especially if you're looking at higher population cards. What I would tell you is instead of looking at card prices as much during this time, challenge yourself to find five or 10 new cards every single day. Instead of looking at card prices, look at cards, look at new cards, look at players that you are interested in, look at cards of those players that you're interested in. And I'll give you a couple ways to do that. Easiest way to do that is say you're interested in getting into Kobe Bryant cards. First thing to do is Google Kobe Bryant rookie card checklist. And the first two links that come up on Google are cardboard connection and, and a Beckett site. Click on those two links. They will outline, I don't know, 20 to 30 cards that you probably haven't seen if you're not doing a ton of research on new cards and start learning about those cards. Start learning about the history of cards a little bit more. That's a really fun way to Engage in the process of cards instead of the product of cards. Uh, And especially if you're just doing this for financial gain, you will, at some point, that's not sustainable. You have to find what you love about the hobby uh, and lean into those parts of it. And one way that I found to help me is to find new cards on a daily basis. So, uh, that those are some actionable items. You know, I I think that's what I'm working on right now. Um, And the other last piece of this that I will talk about that I need to mention is the broader macroeconomic trends that are existing in the market today. I believe in the sports card market long term. Like I believe that more people are going to find this thing. It has the upside of being something like fantasy sports. It's got the upside of being treated like art pieces for uh, for people who love sports, um, especially. And so that's how I think that the long-term you know, upside of this whole market is. Um, but in the short term, there are macroeconomic trends to keep in mind. There's been a lot of money pumped into the uh, to the economy. Uh, the stock market company, you know, companies in the stock market feel overvalued like crazy. Uh, inflation's about to, you know, is creeping into the into the mind and psychology of the consumer right now. You're going to start seeing that happen now. If inflation happens, which it is going to happen, we're already seeing it happen. That's actually what's somewhat contributing to the increase in card prices that we saw uh, over the last two years uh, through this pandemic. Um, and so, keep that stuff in mind. Interest rates are artificially low right now. The Fed is 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 insisting on keeping them low, which is good for kind of economic growth. But as things like the 10-year treasury continues to creep up and inflation measures continue to creep up, uh, there will be a reckoning when that comes. And I don't know when that comes. I don't know how it looks. This is all new to everyone. Uh, But just keep that stuff in mind. When it comes to short-term pullbacks uh, in the card market, I don't necessarily think that the card market itself is in a bad place 
But if something happens in the broader economic activity, please make sure that you're investing wisely. Make sure you have your safety net, your cash, uh, your your oh shit fund. Like make sure you have that stuff taken care of from a broader just financial health standpoint. Those are all things that need to be taken into account. Um, and I think that's a lot of what's contributing to a lot of the fear right now is that it feels like people don't have their cash taken care of. So please keep all that stuff in mind. But I do really believe in the hobby. It's healthy. There's a lot of people into it. There's a lot of people finding it. So stay positive uh, and, and keep finding what you love about the hobby. I know I am. It's changing on a daily basis for me. Uh, and so I hope that you're enjoying this journey. I hope you're enjoying the content. Again, please give me a follow at the Slab Talk on Instagram. Hit that subscribe button and bell icon on YouTube and give me a rating and review on podcast. I really do appreciate it. Hit my DMs if you've got any questions, if you want to talk through any of this stuff, if you've got concerns, let's talk. I'm happy to. My DMs are always open. Uh, and so, you know, feel free to reach out. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it and have a good day.